and welcome to At First Glance, a podcast where we take a glance at books, movies, television, anime, video games, and pretty much anything else. I am your host, Byron Ship. We're looking at The Mandalorian, Episode 8, Chapter 16, The Rescue. This last chapter becomes, becomes literally the house of Benoff. Kara is confronted uh, about Alderaan and from the pilot when they try to seize the ship that has the scientists aboard. And Alderaan, as you know, will become another spinoff in the Disney lexicon of uh, Star Wars. Because of this, uh, Cara Dune gets so upset about the fact that they vaporized her planet. She shoots the pilot right between the eyes. Then Mando enlists Bo-Katan. Since they know that where Moff Gideon is, they try to they enlist Bo-Katan and her soldiers to take the light cruiser. Mando entices Bo-Katan by saying that she could use the light cruiser for their upcoming battle to retake Mandalore. Bo-Katan also has an interest in obtaining the Darksaber. So she signs on with, with uh, Mando to retake the light cruiser. But what was so cool about that scene was when Mando and Boba Fett first enter the bar, they scan the bar, look for all the people. And then, but you can tell they're also looking for threats. You know, just like anybody, I'm no fighter, but I just know when you enter a room, sometimes you, you know, you scan the room, you were looking around, you're, you're checking out tactically, like, okay, who's a threat? Who's not a threat? And that was a cool thing about that whole scene. You could tell they were scanning the room before they walked up to Bo-Katan. And then the fight between Bo-Katan soldier, uh, Boba Fett was pretty cool. And I like the fact that there was just so much diversity in the Mandalorian people. Like, so you have Boba Fett, who's like a bounty hunter, who's not a true Mandalorian, but he wears the armor. Then you have the zealot, like the total, you know, religious zealot, which is uh, Mando. And then you have Bo-Katan, who's kind of like, you know, I'm a Mandalorian, but, you know, I live for a higher purpose. I don't want to, you know, just be some bounty hunter. So I thought that was really cool. The fight scene between the two uh, with the fire and stuff was really cool. It just it was interesting to see how like real Mandalorians fight each other. You see it in um, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, but to see it like in live action just was pretty amazing. So one of the cool things is when Cara Dune, Boba Katan and Fennec Shan decide to take the ship, the light cruiser. It was really cool. I'm not a tactical person, but I don't know. But it was really cool seeing where they're on the catwalk and they're shooting at the troopers. And then all of a sudden, the two Mandalorians jump off uh, and use their jetpacks to jump above the whole crowd and then come back down and save Cara Dune and Fennec Shan. Not that they were having any problems, but just tactically, the way it looked, the way they slid off the catwalk was hella cool. So then you see a scene where basically Mando goes and tries to save the child after they've caused a big ruckus on the light cruiser. Mando ends up having to take on one of the dark troopers and he at the beginning really gets his ass handed to him, but then he comes back and defeats the, uh, the dark trooper barely. And then he goes in, he finds that guess who's waiting for him with the child is Moff Gideon. So Moff Gideon and them kind of get into it with the dark saber. The good thing that Mando has the sphere that's made out of pure Beskar and he protects, he uh, saves the child and takes the dark saber for his own. But he was going to give it to, in the process of dealing with the dark saber, you find this giant plot hole, which I don't know. It's it's one of those things I get why the writers did it, but let me kind of explain the plot hole. During the scene, Bo-Katan uh, is, uh, Bando tries to give Bo-Katan the dark saber back to her, and she says, No, I can't take it. And uh, Gideon says, She can't take it. She can only win it in battle. She has to either defeat the person who has the dark saber so the story can pass down like a lineage thing. Like, oh, I, you know, you beat the person like when you beat the champion. 
But this is a big plot hole because in the previous episodes of Star Wars Rebels, the character Sabine Wren, who is a Mandalorian, gives uh, Bo-Katan a Darksaber. Just says, here, I think you're going to be the best uh, person to run Mandalore and you're going to be this new ruler. And I'm going to give you the Darksaber and uh, Bo-Katan accepts. So in this series, Bo-Katan can't take the Darksaber. So it's a big plot hole. And I get that the writers are basically trying to build up some tension between Mando and Bo-Katan for the possible fight for control of Mandalore. So it definitely tries to put that out there. And I love that part because it's like, well, we're going to have a little tension. Like, could this actually end up, could Mando technically end up running, ruling Mandalore? Like, I mean, you know, it'd be a very interesting plot to see how that turns out. So before Bo-Katan and Mando can deal with this issue, Mando still has a Darksaber. And then the platoon of Dark Troopers who were jettisoned during a, during the fight with the original one uh, Dark Trooper, they were jettisoned out to space. They come back. And during this whole time, they are breaking in to get back into the cock, uh, back into the pilot um, control center where everyone's at to retake the ship. And guess who pops out of nowhere? One of the coolest things that they didn't talk about in the previous episode was like, who was uh, the child communing with when he was on the, um, that planet there. And you find out it's Luke Skywalker cuts down these dark troopers, like a knife through butter. It totally reminds me of the other one where his father, Darth Vader cuts down those troopers, Rogue One. Just like, it just harkens back. You think Rogue One, and then you just see this, uh, how how Luke just cuts them all down. It's pretty impressive. Like, it was like, whoa. And then the fact that you find out that Luke was the one that's going to end up taking the child. There's this really great scene. I mean, the animatronics were pretty amazing between the last scene between Mando and the and the child. It was kind of a sad ending. It was definitely like, I could see they're going to take this further, but it was just sad to see that they're finally, their journey's going to end. You know, uh, Wolf and Cub, you know, you just get attached. You know, just like the whole two seasons have been with him and the child and all these things they've gotten into. And now that that's going to be a whole new season going to be without the child, it's going to be quite interesting. So the last part of it was really cool was epilogue. I don't know if everybody saw it, but it was a cool episode where basically at the end of it, Boba Fett goes to Tatooine and takes over Jabba's palace. So he's going to be the new crime lord along with Shan. That's going to be a whole nother series. It's going to be the book of Boba Fett. So I'm looking really looking forward to that. There's also another one I'm looking forward is uh, looking forward to is the Bad Batch. That's going to be amazing. And Ahsoka. And these series are all getting um, becoming like a Star Wars expanded universe. So I guess it's a whole new thing. And uh, Disney's going to make a lot of money. So let's just, uh, let's I love Star Wars and they are setting up to make a lot of money on this series. Well, can't wait to see where this turns out and where it leads us all. Thank you for joining us at First Glance. All podcasts are good and some are just better. I am Byron Chip and thank you for listening. <laughs>